0: 206, landed in the community, and they were on rations because nobody knew about them. Um, We got found out about them, so we put a whole bunch of stuff together and, and flew stuff out to them. They were literally crying. Welcome to Flying BC, a podcast about the people, planes, and aviation adventures in British Columbia and Canada, with your host, Warwick Patterson.
1: Welcome back to the Flying BC podcast on this episode. I speak with Sean Heaps, Sigmund Sort and Mike Davenport about the creation of BC Arrow, a general aviation disaster relief organization. When parts of British Columbia were cut off due to flooding in November, 2021, general aviation came to the rescue. Aviators and volunteers quickly banded together to provide highly adaptable relief. Uh, offering lifelines to isolated communities, and filling gaps in the supply chain. Volunteers with backgrounds in military, search and rescue, and other organizations jumped on board to ensure operations were safe and efficient. In the aftermath of that came a desire to formalize the effort, to ensure that emergency planning agencies took general aviation services into account. Spearheaded by Sean Heaps from Langley and bolstered by a group of experienced volunteers, a formal entity has now been created in the form of BC Aero, British Columbia Airlift Emergency Response Operation. Things are moving fast, and since we've recorded this episode, they've organized a training exercise, an open house event, occurring on April 23rd at the Langley Regional Airport. This is the precursor to a larger cross-border collaborative training exercise that will happen this summer. So, load those pallets of water and essential supplies, And let's head out with Sean, Sig and Mike. So welcome to the show. Uh, we've got Sean heaps, Mike Davenport and Sigmund sort with me. And today we're going to talk about BC arrow, which is a brand new thing in BC. Um, so I wanted to, this kind of all goes back to the floods we had in hope and across BC in November, I guess it was. And, um, there was this sort of impromptu airlift that started to help get supplies and things like that um sean did you want to talk about how this all kind of this idea came to be
0: sure uh well a buddy of mine wanted to just we wanted to go out and check the floods and then uh we went and flying and saw the floods and saw what happened and next thing you know we saw people that needed to get out so we flew back to Langley I jumped in a plane, Jay jumped in back into his plane and we started flying people out. And then a good friend of mine, Liam, um, was at the airport. So he jumped in the helicopter and we started bringing people out. And then the Gavin uh, Robertson, he was my good member of the club. He was saying that, Hey, I could probably get food. I'll just have to make a, make a call to, um, the Sikh community. Next thing I know, there was a bunch of food, so we started talk bringing in food, and then I got a hold of the Fraser Valley Regional District, uh, Megan, and she started telling me what we needed or what they needed. So then we started. Loading the planes on what they needed. And it just started going from there that all of a sudden um, Merritt got a hold of us and Princeton got a hold of us and some of the indigenous communities started getting a hold of us. And we just kept growing and growing and growing. I think the most planes we had in one day was, uh, geez, like high 20s, low 30s that were fl- flying missions. We 720 total flights, not hours, just total flights. And uh, just over 400,000 pounds of food.
1: Wow. Yeah. And so where did that fit into the whole equation? Because there's obviously official resources that are helping people, but there was definitely a gap that needed filling, wasn't there?
0: There was. So um, I applied or phoned uh, this number because a couple of – Friends of mine are pilots that fly the um, Griffins, uh, the 212s, or I believe they're 212s, uh, military style. Um, and they said, phone this number so you can get deployed. We're not doing anything. So I said, okay, so phone the number and nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. We just kept going down the pace that we were going. And next thing I know, I find out that they're pulling out. <laughs> we're still going and doing stuff. So... Um, And then Sigmund came on board and Mike Davenport came on board um, and helped us out with the floods and got to know them quite well. And then we started talking about doing our own DART is what we originally were going to call it. Um, And then we found that the DART program is already in Canada, but it's a military thing. Um, And then we started working with the states. Um, We're going to be doing a cross exercise program. Uh, exercise with them coming up in late spring early summer and uh, they were giving us their documentation okay we're going to come up and help and that really led us to start talking about it but I think there was about five or six of us that were really um, wanting to put this together so that's what started forming uh, which is now BC Arrow which has grown to be crazy and now we've got Sigmund that's in charge of all our documentation stuff and and running things. Um, Mike's our media. He does all our media and all that stuff. Um, So now we've got like individual um, things and we're we're taking off like crazy. (laughs) I didn't think it would be this far this quick. (laughs) That's great. How
1: about about you guys? Did you sort of see um, an opening here where um, I guess Dart is basically a similar thing in the States where it's disaster airlift assistance and, uh, yeah. Um, so what, what does DART bring to the table that you guys needed, um, in terms of getting organized? Cause I think one of the maybe criticisms of the whole BC disaster relief was like, who's organizing this. There's all these planes flying around and there needs some coordination. Um, so yeah, you guys took the ball and actually went to the people who are already doing this. So talk a little bit about that.
0: I just, just want to just add something a little bit um, w- with that statement. The um, Transport Canada came out for two days and audited us um, to see what we were doing, how we were doing it, um, and we, they. When they left, they said that we were running better than most commercial operations, and we weren't a commercial operation. We were just a bunch of pilots um, that have tons of different backgrounds and all different um, fire safety. Safety, Sigmund was in the military and a safety with the military. Um, so we just kinda had all those brains working together to make sure every single pilot in our organization was safe uh, and they were well looked after. We had flight planning, uh, guys just looking at making sure that they were um, tracked there and back and and timing and stuff. And then uh, yeah, I'll let Sig. Uh continue on. Sorry.
2: Uh, thank you, Sean. Um to answer that Warwick, uh, I came into it uh from uh, another small group that was operating at a Pitt Meadows Airport with the Kia West Auto Group and flying somebody else's plane as well as my own. And in order to do those initial flights, uh checking the notices to airmen, the NOTAMS, um, you had to book at a, an in- egress uh, ingress and egress a time slot to get in and out of hope to pick up the people that you were evacuating from the flood situation. And that was easily done. And the Emergency Operations Center was in charge of that No Tam and, and, and that operation. And so it was very safely, well-organized, done from that perspective, but that was my point of entry. And through uh, those early flights, I ended up at Langley with West Coast Pilot Club meeting Sean and Mike here. And um, because the Pitt Meadows Group was uh, already winding down. And Sean's group was really taking off and mushrooming, uh, just incredible response from the people of British Columbia. And as a Air Force Flight Safety Officer, crash investigator, as a Chief uh, Flight Instructor of a college program, as an airline training captain, uh, you know, I came into that arena with that skill set, that background. And I observed quietly as a guest, as I went about my business as a guest. and. And spoke up only as required in terms of uh, safety and organization. and i would I was already incredibly impressed with the professionalism that Sean's group um, had been employing. And I just became another shoulder on the wheel. and um, it, it was just amazing. And when Transport Canada showed up, um, i was it was a proud moment for all of us, I think. I'm not going to speak for others, but Um, I stood quietly in the background. Um, I'm accustomed to working with Transport Canada as a chief flight instructor, as an airline pilot, and they were doing a great job, doing their job ensuring that the operation was a safe operation, complying with all of cars and uh, the airspace regulations in place at the time, etc. But in terms of why we ended up where we were in part, I will say that uh, in meeting with my MLA, Adam Walker, who sits in government right now, I had been doing that uh, from early November on letting him know what was happening and how it was unfolding. And I was on a learning curve, too, from a government's standpoint, an emergency operations center standpoint. Um, but it was to say that uh, in my latest meeting with him, which was only Friday of this past week, um, he's really pleased that we now exist in a formal organization called Arrow. He's really pleased that we want to work in, as a collaborative team, an asset to the emergency response response, uh, uh, landscape here in British Columbia. So while Aero will be independent of government, we will be operation under the rules and regulations that exist with Transport Canada, with the emergency operating center and so forth. We're just going to be doing it in a highly collaborative manner. But Adam Walker was very clear. He knew that and knows that government has a, a serious lag. When something occurs, um, the big machine of government just takes a real long time to spool up and the air force, we saw the same thing with this flood relief and and no offense, it's just the nature of the beast as it were. Whereas uh, an organization like us, um, that Sean birthed out of this flood event, amazing. Um, I'm just glad Sean had that vision and had that foresight. And when uh, he let me know what his intention was to, to form Arrow, um, I just let him know right away that I'd love to be a part of that and help him realize that vision.
1: Nice. So where, um, in future disasters, where does BC Aero fit into the equation? So what, if somebody's organizing di- disaster relief, when do they come to BC Aero? And wh- what can BC Aero provide?
0: Either SIG or Mike can probably take that, yep.
1: Mike, would you like to jump in? Well, I, th- I think,
3: in actual fact, I think Sean would be a better one to respond to it, but because we're an independent <laughs> operation. We sort of make that choice on our own, okay? We look at it and say, this is this is what needs to be done. This is what's not happening. This is what we can do and get started on it. And, and I think that that will come through a, a process of, of, of training as we get on into the development of BCRO. And, Sean, I want to refer back to you on that one.
0: Sure. Uh, we also have, I believe... Um, in our in our operations manual now which is sig is putting together um and with um the west coast gart uh, general aviation response team which is just in the pacific northwest here um, that we need to be invited by the uh mayor or the head of whatever we need to be invited we can't just show up and be like here we're doing your response now like we we we're we're doing what we're gonna do um yeah, then that, that's kind of what the paperwork that we're working on right now, and and what Sig was talking about with uh, making sure like all our eyes are dotted, T's are crossed. We have more formality. We have uh, more um, uh, like paperwork as to say. Whereas before we were just like responding to what needed to be done by the mayors we're calling us. So now we've actually got formal and we're trying to get these mayors and we're trying to get um, other heads of state to, or Congress to, or, um, to get on with us. So they know about us already. So the next time there's like a, a natural disaster or fire, flood, earthquake, whatever, volcano, whatever, whatever it may be, um, they've already got our number. They're already in part of our, our organization as a, um, I can't remember what. Do you remember what they were? What we have them listed as? Sig. Uh,
2: our contact list. Yeah. Um, just essentially that they're on our speed dial. We're on their speed dial, and yeah. and when something happens, uh, they know who to call. Uh, and it's that old spinner song: just give us a call and we'll be there. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: And uh, we have same day, next day response capabilities, whereas the emergency operating center is uh, is a giant of a a government administrative, um, organization, which, um, is a much longer spool up time or reaction time, if you will.
1: Yeah. It's great PR for general aviation in general too, because, um, I remember when there was floods here in Squamish sort of 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago. Now the airport was the the center command center. And the only way in and out was by the airport with helicopters and stuff for a while. So it's, uh, if it's something that we can really show ga is useful for it's it's a big win for airports and things like that
0: so. and that's the biggest thing work is um we got use of the uh boston bar airport uh or airstrip um which is no fly like you can't you're not allowed to land there anymore um but with the fraser valley regional district uh because it was key to get stuff into Boston Bar without having to drive all over the place and they couldn't get out, um, they opened it up for us. So we got to land in there. We also got to land, only certain planes got to do this, uh, land at uh, Lytton. We landed at Lytton Airport as well. And we were getting prior uh, permission from the RCMP to land on the road in Lytton as well. They were going to close down the highway, uh, being that nobody was really on it, um, to land on the road there. So. To have that um, type of response, we need more uh, to keep these airports open and or to keep these small little strips open to help us. Otherwise, it's all helicopter operations, which we which we proved that is good, but we made a bigger dent with airplanes than we did with helicopters. We could fly more, like like merit. We had a huge big. Um, ground ops there and the airport manager was allowing us to use his his um, main facility there as storage and we were dropping loads and loads of uh, of product up there but for not just people but animals for livestock for whatever we whatever the need was we were getting it up there and it wasn't helicopter helicopter was taking it out from there but we were doing it on a grander uh, scale by airplane and cheaper so to speak <laughs> like it's it, it it's a lot cheaper to run an airplane than it is to run the helicopters right like we paid for a 4, 12, or, yeah, 412 and uh that was 6800 bucks an hour Wow. <laughs> so and whereas an airplane we could do like two days worth of flying on gas um to like with many airplanes into the same operation if if we had access to runways which uh we need more runways up in the north i wish that and that's what i'm we're hoping to do is um as we get more clout uh be able to go and try and push to get more runways in remote areas
1: great yeah it'd be great to get Litton back open and they probably see mm-hmm. the value of that these days so.
0: well it was a mixed bag the well, person wasn't need- was not oh, go ahead mike
3: no i I just want to say that it's important that we we keep what we have because there seems to be a continual movement to by um, mayors and council to want to develop that green space or that airport space into a high-rise or condominium development which will generate a lot of cash flow but the fact of the matter is and Sean's been promoting this for some time the fact that the big one is still to come okay and we're going to need that space we're going to need that that place to land the airplane to do the work that we did at Hope and Merritt and and Princeton and so on. This is just the the edge of that uh, thing. Uh, for example, there's, a, there's an issue going on at the Hope Airport right now where uh, a large 200-foot tower is being projected for the north side of the runway, for heaven's sakes, on the, you know, in the, in the circuit of the airport. And, you know, we need to group, respond as a group to keep an eye on these kind of, of, of interventions so that we can maintain that place to provide this service that Sean's worked so hard for.
2: Yeah. I'd like to jump in and, and say one of the things that um, that I hear on Vancouver Island here, and certainly as the air cadet program was uh, transitioning from L-19 tow aircraft to Cessna 182 tow aircraft, um, a lot of the uh, 182s that they purchased and refurbished and, and transformed into tow aircraft came from the United States. And a lot of the pilots, uh, and, and you'll hear this in the BCGA community, as soon as you fly south of 49, there are airports everywhere. Your GPS just lights up with possible options, whereas north of 49, uh, few and far between. And when we are a mountainous region, one of the big responsibilities I have at Arrow is to make sure that our pilots are flight safety trained and uh, thoroughly conversant in mountain flying and what inherent dangers that presents um, whenever we launch a mission. Uh, all of those things um, are being taken care of, built, uh, formalized, and um, it's uh, it's a really big project, and it's it. What's really exciting right now for me is I've got people in the BCGA community reaching out to me, asking me, you know, what, you know, how is it going? How is Aero evolving? Is there anything you need? Um, so, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm pleased to say that there's the brain trust and experience within that community is so massive, that it's making my job a lot easier uh, by other people jumping in and helping build it.
1: So let's talk a little bit about that. So if somebody wants to get involved, there's there's many different ways people can get involved. But if you want to get involved as a pilot, um, you mentioned you're you're building some training. Um, I, I imagine you're going to have some sort of standards that people need to meet, maybe minimum hours, something like that. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? And if somebody wants to get involved, what what to expect?
2: Uh, certainly, uh, it, it's actually a hot topic right now within the organization. So when Arrow was born, from my perspective as a a, a, a GA pilot coming to the emergency, coming to the uh, to the response, and finding West Coast Pilot Club and Sean and team, um, everybody was flying under the cars, Canadian Air regulations. Anybody who showed up with an aircraft, in theory uh, and in practice, as we were able to determine quickly. Uh, We're fully licensed, fully trained, current, uh, the aircraft were insured, and so on and so forth. And those are the car's minimums, if you will. And a lot of organizations like flying schools and when I was a chief flying instructor, we then start to raise those minimum bars for currency, for proficiency, and so forth. And so right now we're just looking at those numbers, and they're going to be written in a guideline sort of way, uh, they're going to be comprehensive and they're going to have language that allows us to waive a certain um, hour requirement or currency requirement. We're going to be granting equivalency status. For instance, if, you, if you've if you had a, a check ride in the last 12 months with a certified flight instructor at a training facility somewhere, um, we just honor that because it's uh, the work is done. We don't want to duplicate that kind of work. It just adds cost. And... And so forth so yes um not written in stone but um there'll be some have to haves and some nice to haves and preferred to haves in that language
0: and also warwick we're going to also try and do um training programs as well for and, and exercises um like i said we're doing this one on i believe it's june 18th i think that's what it is, it's
1: Thunder right? run is June eighteenth.
2: but prior to yeah um that's one of the things i'm working on right now is um our training leading up to that but back to you, Sean. Yeah.
0: And we're doing a um, cross-border exercise with them, just a training exercise, and we're getting everything all in place where we're actually going to bring the food to the states, um, to their uh, Bellingham, and then it's, we're going to go off from there. Um, so we're working with the with the borders and, and that as well. So we're trying to get people on board with us so if they don't have um, training or if they don't have then they can jump in with another pilot and get that experience and get that um, and that's what we want to try to promote is to make sure um, if you do join, you know join, come and do these exercises come and uh, work with us go in with an instructor, get some Some extra time on doing stuff and and that's what we were doing when we when we um, originally were going if a guy didn't really have mountain time or didn't really have too much experience going through the mountains or different airports well we'd stick somebody that was really um comfortable and 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 had the experience with them so they could get the experience it's not just no no sorry uh we're we, we can't do that no go go away thanks for helping out we're Looking at that and going, hey, how can we make this better for them? And I'd just
2: like to say I got to see that up close and personal, and and, and Shauna might know this. Uh, The Boston Bar example, the unprepared strip that's closed except for this emergency where we were given permission to use it. And there was one chap, I don't know his name, beautiful tail dragger, um, and just not fully comfortable going into an unprepared strip. So uh, invited along uh, a certified flight instructor who went with him. And they did a dual trip into there uh, and they, you know, they, they over the airfield, they inspected it, they did all the right things. And I was just so excited to see that level of awareness at the West Coast Pilot Club. It was already existing. Um, and it, 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 I just saw a first class operation and it told me I was in the right place. And so I, I can't commend Sean and team more emphatically uh, for for doing such a professional job, literally on the fly, growing it day by day, it was amazing.
1: Yeah, awesome. Um, so what other um, organizations have you been able to tap into um, who've been helping you guys get set up? Cause you're not the first uh, organization like this to exist. And um, you, you no. mentioned Dart, um, what sort of assistance have they been able to give you and where have you looked for inspiration? <laughs>
0: Well, Dart hasn't really given us anything. Um, it, well, yeah, SoCal Dart has given us a bunch of documentation, and then um, the West Coast General Aviation Response Team, uh, uh, Sky Terry. Uh, we've been working directly with them, and they gave us tons of documentation, which uh, got forwarded off to SIG to help us with our um, putting our to- our programs and and uh, and, and stuff together. Um, but we've reached out. Like we've even had doctors reach out to us. Now we've had veterinarians reach out to us. We've had—I'm not sure the name of the veterinarian group, but it's like they look after all Best, the vets. Uh, Was that yeah, something like that? Um, they they look after all the vets and everything, and they are they are on board as well. So it's not just um, like pilots and volunteers uh, to help load planes. We're talking about doctors and vets and. Um, the CDC, we're working with the CDC as well. They, they're they on board with us um, and it just keeps growing like day by day as more and more people understand what we're doing and, and uh, know what we're doing. They We get a lot of people um, applying to us and talking with us.
2: And Warwick, I'll add that as the Chief Preparedness Officer for Arrow, um, I'm reviewing uh, emergency response plans from various communities around British Columbia, particularly, and in Alberta. And I'll tell you, Alberta has already got an empty response plan for British Columbia's big earthquake. Um, They're still building it. But it is to say that there's a lot of really good material out there that we're accessing. Um, During the course of the floods, um, I started to reach out uh, through uh, really um, serendipitous opportunities uh, to make connections with regards to what Arrow was becoming and could we partner and uh Catherine Morrison of the regional district of Nanaimo is one person that I'm working with um, in spooling up here at Arrow. And as soon as we are steady state, which is now um, she's putting us on her, her speed dial for the regional district of Nanaimo. And we'll be building those kind of speed dial relationships with uh, various jurisdictions as Sean has already highlighted with the mayors, the regional districts, and um, both Sean and I uh, have been meeting with our MLAs, keeping BC government informed. So it it is growing quickly. Uh, it, it's growing in a highly administrative way right now. Uh, but it's a, a very exciting uh, sort of intoxicating time to see it uh, becoming uh, such a, an amazing organization.
1: Yeah, you guys are so, like, obviously clearly very passionate and devoted to this. Um, <laughs> do you guys have some sort of personal stories from the floods maybe that really got you engaged with this, that made you realize that this was something you wanted to do?
0: Um, there's so many stories. Um, I, unfortunately I didn't get to fly too many of the missions. So I'm going off what other pilots brought back. Um, there was one time when, uh, our helicopter, um, our 206 landed in a community and they were on rations because th- nobody knew about them. Like nobody, um, we got found out about them. So we put a whole bunch of stuff together and, and flew stuff out to them. They were literally crying, um, on the response that we get, had given. And they kept saying, how much does this cost us? How much does this cost us? And I kept saying on the phone, it's free. I said, just Merry Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, just, it, 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 don't worry about it. Like, we're looking after you. We're making sure that you're safe um, and looked after um, during these times. Um, when the roads open up, um, you're on your own. But uh, w- until you can get out, we'll continue to look after you. And the the response back from them was just very emotional on my end um, because they weren't being looked after. It's an Indigenous community. The government didn't do anything for them. And here we are, just a bunch of pilots looking after them. And it's And that really motivated me to that we need something. We need something in Canada or BC especially um, when the next thing happens. We're 50, 60 years over for a major earthquake. We have Mount Baker right there for a volcano. Um, We have tsunami warnings all the time. Not that it's really gonna affect us, but that's more flooding. So the next one's just around the corner. I hope it's not for a long time, but we wanna make sure we're prepared To everybody's looked after not just like who oh yeah you bought into the program okay we're looking after you it's everybody it could be two people in a trailer in the middle of nowhere well we're gonna try and look after you Um, and that's why we're and for me that's when I heard that story that really drove me to get this going
2: I'd like to to echo that and and say that Sean was interviewed uh, many times, and one of the things that he said that really resonated with me was that pilots like to respond uh, to a, a situation. They like to have a sense of purpose, mm-hmm. and uh, that's certainly what brought me to um, a flood disaster response. I was a, a teenager that got flooded out each year uh, when the rivers rose here in Parksville, British Columbia. Um, two feet over the kitchen counter one one year uh, totaled the house. It was a horrible experience. And I knew what some of the people in British Columbia were suffering. So at first I put a Facebook page uh, out, just saying, hey, anybody who needs a lift, no charge, give me a call. And it, it literally happened the next day. And then somebody else asked me if I could fly their plane for them and it mushroomed. And I think the early evacuation flights was the, uh, deeply moving when I flew into Hope and I joined the racetrack pattern with mostly helicopters. And we were doing a racetrack pattern between Hope and um, Chilliwack. And the the Hope Terminal, the little Hope Terminal was, you know, packed full of people outside and inside. The COVID restrictions were making it difficult. And people were just showing up there uh, because the highways were all cut off and they were looking for a way out try to get back to their families and so forth. And I was flying in under the EOC, NOTAM. So I had designated personnel, but I had people literally grabbing me, begging me to, you know, to take them on my airplane and fly them out. If I could come back and get them and people were crying, people were shivering and cold. It was just uh, raw humanity. And um, when we got into Boston bar, a similar response to the volunteers from the Boston bar community, Um, You know, they emotionally broke down in front of us as we unloaded the airplanes from West Coast Pilot Club. Um, They just, you know, they were saying, like Sean said, we just felt abandoned. You're the only help we have. You're the only connection we have. We have no milk. We have no eggs. No orange juice. And it was just amazing to see uh, how many selfless people came to Sean's organization, joined West Coast Pilot Club, and became part of the solution, Uh, and in a very quick manner. So I I saw that as a a huge success for BC. And the arrow model, I believe, um, is going to be a a very uh, effective, safe uh, response operation moving forward. And it's being formalized. And I can't commend Sean Heaps more, more proudly than I can here today.
0: Well, it was a group effort, Sig, but thank you. It was <laughs> yeah. it was everybody. I couldn't have done it alone. I, it yeah. was just one little cog in the whole scheme of things. It,
2: I felt for Sean because he because Sean was uh, just such an amazing quarterback. He didn't get to fly a lot of missions. And, yeah. you know, the, the human experience on the other end of, of the flight was really powerful. And I know he got the experience on it. And I'll let him speak to that. But it, it's to say that it, it it's absolutely um, clear that we were needed um there was no other means of providing that help in that timeline and we can do it again we can replicate that time yeah. and time again but now in a highly organized and more informed audience if you will mm-hmm. in mayors regional
3: districts and the provincial level thank you sean
0: and i oh, know mike uh, mike's got anything to add
3: yeah my my involvement uh, came on quite early i uh took a look at the flooding in the valley. I took my airplane and flew out there, took a look at it and said, geez, I've got to get involved in this thing. And then as luck would have it, my airplane promptly broke and i ended up sitting in the hangar. So (laughs) I went over to to Sean's place and discovered there was an entire world of energy going on. And there were several ladies there who were organizing the ground handling and when you think about the 400,000 pounds of product that was had to be transferred, put onto airplanes, had to be sorted and filed and, 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 and worked with, and so I got involved there at that level, and also being a bit of a nosy person, being a journalist, I wanted thought maybe there was a story in here that I could write, <laughs> and, and sure enough, there's several of them. <laughs> this may be an ongoing project, and but you know... The, the amount of work that went on on the ground to support these guys flying the airplanes was just incredible okay and it just went so smoothly i don't think there was a wrinkle mm-hmm. of any kind and, and uh, all the way through uh, if it any and the sourcing of product that, that came in was was if everything we, if anything was needed it was received and uh, so the response from the public was incredible okay the volunteers working on the ground moving skids of product and loading airplanes and and dealing with that was just phenomenal and that became my part of it and that's what i enjoyed probably the most is working with those guys
0: okay yeah warwick i I don't think you realize on how much product was at the west coast pilot club i had three hangars filled with stuff we ended up nicknaming it sean (laughs) mart because we had everything (laughs) <laughs> like you name it, we had it. Like we had like generators, we had like like you name it, we had it. Oh. Heaters, blankets, like you name it. Yeah. We it, we named it Sean Mart. So like <laughs> just going shopping in Sean martin <laughs> for that people. Cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And, 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 the, and, exactly and then at the, the end of the
3: day, yeah. when he, when he didn't have enough to do, he determined <laughs> he decided to get the uh, was a project Elf going. Flying Christmas presents into the interior, for heaven's sake, as if there wasn't enough already to be done. That was a surreal
2: experience too. And I'd just like to give a shout out uh, and and maybe have Mike and Sean comment too, because they're the West Coast Pilot Club people a lot longer than I have been. Um, And that was when I was filing my flight plans with NAV Canada. And when I was flying my flights, talking to air traffic controllers, um, we became a known entity. And I was flying from Vancouver Island and, um, some of the controllers went, Oh, you're with the, you're with the Langley emergency Off, aren't you? Okay. Yeah. You get uh, 2,000 feet direct the VOR right now. <laughs> <laughs> it, was just, it was really amazing. Yeah. And so when I was talking to the, uh, to the flight planners, I commended them for being part of that magic, part of, uh, mm. uh you know, the success of the operation. And then one morning, um, you know, and I and I knew one of the controllers in the in the Langley Tower, Elizabeth Brown. I knew her well and I've known her a long, long time. And Sean, over to you. I saw this big banner on the West Coast Pilot Club and it just made my heart sing. It made it fly. Go ahead. Yeah. That banner you put.
0: Oh yeah, that um that was kind of like cause ATC uh, like that. Langley Tower was working with us. Um, we had some issues with runways access to runways and they were with transport and everything they gave us access to both runways uh whenever if we needed it because of the winds because of what we were doing um, they would waive the cador that would, could possibly happen uh for doing that so we wanted to thank them for allowing us to be able to do what we could do uh, or knew that what we could do or the the extent of what we could do um to allow us to do that um with all the Whatever happened at Langley for the runway closures, so we wanted to make sure that they would thank you. So, a good friend of mine does um, printing and made a sign up and thank them. <laughs> and, and I would and I would let ATC know every single day that we were doing operations to say all pla- all planes were accounted for. Uh, thanks again for your help. So, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, really. awesome.
1: Yeah. I was, I was, tra- I was away for work for almost all those weeks. And I was just looking, watching the photos being like, man, I wish I was there. Like finally a mission to do with my plane. And I yeah, uh, couldn't yeah. be there, but uh, it was definitely inspiring to everybody, I think, to see what you guys were doing. So made us all proud of aviators.
0: Yeah, It was good.
2: Yeah. and I, One of the things that, um, I really, um, I'm, I'm not that person that really hangs out on social uh, media. Uh, but I was pretty um, motivated to share what West Coast Pilot Club was doing because um, one of the things that I'm concerned about with general aviation is the number of pilots there are and are going to be, and with the um, um, being a flight instructor, you know there are a number of pilots that have the ability to do this work and don't know it yet, and there are a number of communities that can replicate what we're doing and can join the air organization now that we're formalized. And I really wanted to share on social media what was happening and remind BC General Aviation that we have a brain trust, we have an experience in our numbers, and we have some pretty amazing aircraft that are fully capable for this kind of mission. And I wanted to show the world that you too can do this and we need others to do it because we can't do it alone. And that's what motivated me to post as much as i did (laughs) so that was new territory for me too
1: and that's where mike comes in too getting that word out that hey this is what's happening and um i know here in in squamish i sent some photos to the local paper um they didn't end up running them because there wasn't really a local connection but um i'm always pushing stuff to the paper and i think other airports should do that too like hey look how valuable this airport is to the community and
0: yeah yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. i was able to hit some of the national media and uh, and the response to the response to the the call the couple of columns that i sent out was just phenomenal Okay, there's, there's people right across the, from one end of this country that want to get involved in something similar to this. So once we get things working here in British Columbia, we can probably expand into those areas. And I know that's part of Sean's long-term plan, is to look at, at what we can do in places like Alberta or, and Saskatchewan, Manitoba. And even as far we've had responses from people as far away as Ontario and Quebec.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep um so as you build up right now um i know there's been sort of a call out for volunteers um, how do people get involved and who who? what sort of people are you looking for it's not just pilots
0: is it no um anybody uh just come and help out um if you don't think you can fly we you can pack boxes and help them and get them into planes you can help do um flight following we had our own flight following command center um, that was tracking all the planes Um, we have people that we put into um, remote places uh, to help unload and organize and then load it into helicopters so um, hey you've got your enable body coming out and uh, where do people go to sign up (laughs) Uh, we're just, we, we've kind of launched a website right now. Uh, it is getting revamped because it's not quite the way we want it, but it's it's um, a good start. Um, they can go right to our direct uh, website. I believe it's uh, bcaro.ca is that what it org. is? It? Or d- .com? org, org. org. org yeah, or orgy, right? org. Org. yep. Um, and they can sign up right through there. Uh, we've got a sign-up page uh, right through there. They can put all their credentials in there, and then our um our um, registration team will get a hold of them and verify some stuff, and then they will get their own. Um, we're working on ID badges for everybody, so they would have a, either volunteer or pilot or doctor or whatever on it, and we're doing that because of the cross-border stuff, so we've got good identification for the border guards our border our securities so they know what organization we're from, and they'll have a membership number, and uh, yeah it, it just we're trying to look professional
2: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and, and warwick uh, i'll just add that in terms of transporter flying any pilots that are anticipating joining aero um it, just be aware that uh, we will likely be going stateside outside of Operation uh, Thunder Run yep. in June, yep. um, and you'll need your customs decal and all that EPIS information organized yep. ahead of time if you want to join that part of the operation. And if you don't want to, you don't. You know, you won't be going on that mission, but that's okay. There's other work to do North of Forty Nine. Most yep. of the work will be done North of Forty Nine.
0: We've, invited, uh, we've been invited. We've been invited from B.C. Aero to CalDart as well. So all the way down into San Diego, wow. we are part of their team as well. So we could respond respond all the way down to L.A. If say there's a massive earthquake and they need more planes, we would respond. Um, we would help with that uh, cross border operations.
1: Cool. So
0: uh, yeah, it's crazy. And like um, um, Mike was hinted a little bit about this, but we do have one of our, um, members that's heading the Ontario, um, uh, arrow. So it'll, it will will not be BC arrow obviously, but it'll be BC arrow is going to be our big headquarters. And then as we can put remote, um, uh, kind of operations bases, uh, around Canada. Um, that we can all work together, all train together. We all have the same documentation. It just, instead of BCR will be on ONT arrow or ALB arrow. Um, But but that's what we're working towards. And like I said, like Mike was saying, we got people from Montreal and we do have someone in Ontario that's, we're forming that right now. So, which is good.
1: That's great. Well, I congratulate you all on getting it up and running so quickly. And and, and, uh... going forward, Sorry, go, go ahead, Mike. There's a bit of a delay. So.
3: <laughs> yeah, just one last thing. And going forward, keep your eye on, on the website, okay? It's a developing project. It's changing by the hour, okay? But also, if uh, you're looking for more information, look us up on Facebook and Twitter and the rest of social media. We're going to be in all yeah. of those sites. Yeah,
2: yeah there, is, there is a link on Facebook page uh, for volunteers to apply, yeah. as well as the website.
1: Cool. I'll put all that in the show notes as well so people can find it on the podcast.
0: Cool. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, congratulations again. And uh, I look forward to getting involved and uh, seeing where this goes.
0: Well, thank you for the invite. We do I do appreciate uh, your time on uh, on uh, allowing us to speak on this matter.
1: If you'd like to get involved with BC Arrow, check out their website at bcarrow.org or head to the Open House on April 23rd. They'd love to see you there. And thanks for listening to the show. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please leave a review on iTunes or Spotify or share the show on social media. It not only helps other people find the show, but the feedback really does keep the motivation up to keep putting the work in. As always, you can reach me at podcast at flyingbc.com or on the website flyingbc.com. And now you have control.